Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 146. bad news from the Vatican. This week we're going to talk about a new explosive and very well documented report from the Lepanto Institute about Vatican and USCCB ties to communism, the culture of death, and even witchcraft. ever really explored the Cantankerous Catholic website? Did you know that I have six of my own books available there? Did you know that I have t-shirts, sweatshirts, and coffee mugs available? You can accomplish three things when you buy some of my swag. Your purchase helps to support this apostolate, you'll have something to display that says you're a six-pack warrior, and you'll look just plain cool. How many Catholic apostolates can make you look cool? Click on the Joe's Stuff tab at cantankerouscatholic.com today. Let the world know you're a cool six-pack warrior. I get a lot of emails from you six-pack warriors. I can generally tell what and who you follow and pay attention to by the content of those emails. For example, I know that most of you follow Michael Voris and Church Militant. Quite a few of you follow complicit clergy. It's fairly apparent to me, though, that most of you don't follow the Lepanto Institute. In fact, I suspect the majority of you don't even know who they are. 
The Lepanto Institute is headed by Michael Hitchborn. It began as a whistleblower organization to research all of the various charitable groups claiming to be Catholic in order to warn Catholics about the true aims of these groups and let you know whether they're worthy of your financial support. The work of the Lepanto Institute has been incredibly useful, and all of their reports are very, very well documented. Let me give you an example. As all Catholics know, all of the bishops conduct an annual diocesan appeal for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, or CCHD. In August of last year, the Lepanto Institute issued a report on the CCHD concerning all of the organizations they support through grants funded with your money. I reported on this in episode 84, Who Finances the Violence and Insanity? However, I didn't stop there. After releasing episode 84, I wrote a letter to everyone in my small country parish to let them know what the CCHD was doing with their money. Thanks to the Lepanto Institute, I was able to share with my fellow parishioners that the CCHD is using their annual contributions to support Antifa, Black Lives Matter, defunding the police, abortion, contraception, sexual activity for teens, homosexuality, and a bevy of other immoral things. Again, thanks to the Lepanto Institute, I was able to document all these things in the long letter I wrote. Needless to say, that's when I came under the scrutiny of our lying socialist archbishop, Mitchell Rosansky. The bottom line is that the Lepanto Institute enabled me to help reduce funding from my fellow parishioners for the CCHD. On October the 6th, the Lepanto Institute issued a new report titled Vatican Agency Directly Tied to Communism, Abortion, and Idolatry. The report title says it all. As a part of that report, Michael Hitchborn published a video summarizing that lengthy report. I'm going to play the audio portion of that video for you now. After it's finished, I'm going to make a few comments that will be beneficial and informative for you. For right now, though, let's listen to Michael Hitchborn. The corporal works of mercy, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, sheltering the homeless, and so forth— have been hijacked by ruthless, murderous, thieving Marxists. What was once the glory of the church has now become her shame, as so-called charitable organizations claiming the name Catholic are actively promoting abortion, contraception, homosexuality, and Marxist revolution. We've shown this time and again through various reports on Catholic Relief Services or the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. But the center of all of this rot is found right at the very top, in the Vatican itself. What we're about to show you is absolute proof that two highly influential umbrella organizations for Catholic aid and development agencies all around the world play an integral role in the machinations of an international communist organization seeking to reform civilization into the image and likeness of Karl Marx. Coming up on this special report from the Lepanto Institute.
Caritas Internationalis is the Vatican-run umbrella organization for more than 160 Catholic-run aid and development agencies found on every continent in the world. These agencies include Catholic Charities USA, Catholic Relief Services, Development and Peace, KFOD, Troker, and many others that bear the name Caritas. The stated mission of Caritas Internationalis is to serve the poor and to promote charity and justice throughout the world. Its sister organization is called CIDSE, which is a French acronym for Cooperation Internationale pour le Développement et la Solidarité, which means International Cooperation for Development and Solidarity. Its 18 members include Caritas member organizations like KFOD, Cordaid, Development and Peace, and Troker. Its stated mission is to serve the poor, promote justice, harness the power of global solidarity, and create transformational change to end poverty, inequalities, and threats to the environment, both global and local. Just from the mission statements alone, one hears the echoes of liberation theology and the movement toward a global Marxist utopia. And sadly, this is not a coincidence. Back in 2014, I wrote a report on Caritas Internationalis and its involvement in an international communist organization called the World Social Forum. What I showed was that Caritas Internationalis was on the International Council, which is the governing body of the World Social Forum. As proof, I provided an article that Caritas wrote in 2011 on its involvement in the Dakar World Social Forum. In the article, Caritas stated that the World Social Forum was, quote, supported from the outset by international organizations, including Caritas Internationalis, which is still a member of the International Council of the World Social Forum, end quote. I also provided the World Social Forum website showing the composition of its International Council, which clearly showed Caritas Internationalis and CIDSE on the list. My report from 2014 also showed that the World Social Forum was actively promoting abortion. For instance, in this picture, you can see World Social Forum attendees holding printed signs calling for the legalization of abortion. This flyer from the 2007 World Social Forum showed a pregnant woman nailed to a cross, quote, in memory of the victims of fundamentalism. In 2010, the World Social Forum Movement's Assembly issued a declaration stating, quote, We are committed to reinforcing our fight for our people, food, and energy sovereignty and women's sovereignty over their bodies and their lives and sexual diversity recognition. Sovereignty over their own bodies is code for abortion, and sexual diversity is code for homosexuality and transgenderism. And speaking of LGBT activism at the World Social Forum, here's a picture of LGBT activists at the 2004 World Social Forum carrying rainbow flags and signs saying, Rainbow Planet, Judge Not, Support Sexual Preference. And here are trans activists marching in the 2005 World Social Forum. This particular pro-LGBT slogan about fundamentalisms makes it into the World Social Forum nearly every year. And just for good measure, here are a couple of tents dedicated to LGBT activism in Africa 
at the 2007 World Social Forum. And behind it all is the active promotion of communism. You can see red hammer and sickle flags waving at their marches here, here, and here. In this one, you can even see Caritas flags waving along with the red communist flag and the flags of local socialist organization called CTB. And here you can see a booth dedicated to communism at the World Social Forum. And all this while images of Karl Marx, Vladimir Lenin, and other communist dictators dominated the scenes. Incidentally, in January of this year, CIDSE wrote a 20-year retrospective of its involvement in the World Social Forum. In this article, CIDSE boasted about how it and Caritas organized a big panel at the 2004 World Social Forum to address the question, how to redistribute power and wealth globally. In 2014, I had a meeting with the Pontifical Council Corps Unum, whose stated mission, at least until 2017, when it was assumed into the dicastery for promoting integral human development, was, quote, the care of the Catholic Church for the needy, thereby encouraging human fellowship and making manifest the charity of Christ. The purpose of the meeting was to provide fully documented evidence that Caritas Internationalis, which at the time was under the authority of Corunum, was on the governing body of an international communist organization that was actively promoting abortion, homosexuality, and Marxism. My information was warmly received, as the head of the council at the time was Cardinal Robert Sara. However, within months of this meeting, Cardinal Sara was moved from Corunum and made prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments. And less than three years later, Corunum was absorbed into the newly created Dicastery for Integral Human Development. The bottom line is this, I gave the Vatican clear evidence of this grave situation and not only was nothing done about it, it has actually gotten worse. In 2017, CIDSE and Caritas renewed their membership in the World Social Forum. The renewal letter signed by both organizations begins, Dear Comrade, and mentions that the International Council of the World Social Forum is in the process of restructuring and indicating that those organizations, which express a desire to renew membership on the International Council, quote, shall delegate representatives with decision-making power in the meetings in which it participates. In short, by renewing their membership on the International Council, CIDSE and Caritas both acknowledge that their membership on the International Council means that they are making real decisions and guiding the direction of the social forum itself. In signing the letter, Caritas Internationalis indicated that the Secretary General of Caritas, who was Michel Roy at the time, signed the letter and affirmed its membership on the International Council. In stating reasons for remaining on the International Council, Caritas said, quote, It is our conviction that the World Social Forum is, and will continue to be, the privileged space for building ideas, initiatives, and meetings of citizens of the world, synergies of organizations and networks, movements and civil society entities that, like Caritas, believe in, quote, building another possible world. CIDSE, for its part in signing the letter, said, quote, 
The World Social Forum is the most important international space created by and for civil society and social movements in the South in particular. It also reiterated that, quote, CIDSE has been a member of the International Council on the World Social Forum and involved in it since its beginnings. And while acknowledging its role in making decisions for the World Social Forum on the whole, its only hesitation was in signing any political statements. As indicated in the renewal letter, the World Social Forum's International Council was being restructured. The purpose of the restructuring was to move the forum away from being merely a meeting or discussion space for revolutionary groups and to put more emphasis on decision-making for collective declarations and public action. And at the heart of this restructuring process was Caritas Internationalis and CIDSE. After three years of debate and discussions, an International Council meeting in 2020 concluded that the International Council must be directly in charge of facilitating the direction of the World Social Forum. One of the conclusions of the meeting was that the International Council must, quote, demand massive action to give direction to the forum. We need an organizational capacity for articulation. Building on this, the restructure indicated that the International Council must be responsible for, quote, making initiatives visible and to exchange activities. Pierre, George of Caritas Internationalis, was more precise. He said, quote, we have to formulate a decision protocol by consensus. That is, there is a document, a written formulation finalized from the discussion, and that it be presented to the International Council list with a deadline for organizations tacitly or explicitly to say if it suits them and accepts this formulation. This proposal was adopted, and the International Council took a much more active role in the 2021 first-ever virtual World Social Forum. We should note here that we have had access to International Council meeting notes going back more than a decade, and at no point in the entire history of the World Social Forum, has either CIDSE or Caritas Internationalis used their seat at the table to curb the pro-abortion, pro-LGBT Marxist activities promoted by the World Social Forum. And as I said, since Caritas and CIDSE have taken a more active role in the World Social Forum, to the point of requiring a consensus of the International Council for Forum Activities and Organizational Involvement, things have actually gotten worse. Let's start with official social media activities of the International Council itself. This is the official Facebook page of the International Council of the World Social Forum. On January 2011 of this year, the International Council posted a 20-year retrospective on the World Social Forum ending with this little gem, Alejandra Scampini celebrating the legalization of the right to abortion in Argentina. Quote, that's why the FSM, meaning the World Social Forum, has to be a feminist forum. How many political actions by law have come out of FSM? Thousands. On December 20th of 2020, the International Council posted an article celebrating the decriminalization of abortion in Argentina. In May of 2020, the International Council posted this, quote, study of the needs of sexual and gender diversity population in Morocco. 
In June of 2020, the International Council promoted a 10-week course on Marxism put on by the International People's Assembly, a neo-Marxist organization. In September of 2020, the International Council promoted an event run by the Left Forum called Plato for Revolutionaries. As you can see, the image advertised in the event has Socrates drinking hemlock at the top and the Marxist revolutionary Vladimir Lenin at the bottom. And what is promoted by the International Council is subsequently promoted by the World Social Forum as a body. These posts come directly from the World Social Forum's own Facebook feed. On May 27, 2019, the World Social Forum posted a fundraising campaign for Planned Parenthood saying, abortion, keep it safe and legal and funded. On March 30, 2019, the World Social Forum posted a video smearing the Trump administration for putting obstacles against illegal immigrants obtaining abortions. On May 12, 2019, the World Social Forum posted a message from author Bess Kalb saying, quote, If men got pregnant, they'd sell abortion mints at every grocery store checkout next to the Altoids. On May 15, 2019, the World Social Forum posted an article decrying the abortion ban voted on in Alabama. Remember, Caritas and CIDSE made clear the necessity for the International Council to be actively involved with organizing and outreach. These posts could not have been made without their approval. And again, I personally hand-delivered a fully documented report on this problem to the Vatican in 2014. In March of 2020, the World Social Forum posted a series of feminist memes, including one that says, Thank a feminist if you're a woman and you can get an abortion. In March of 2019, the World Social Forum lamented an 11-year-old rape victim's inability to obtain an abortion in Argentina. In November of 2018, the World Social Forum posted these images from the LGBT organization called GLAAD, pushing for inclusive language for sexual deviance. And just as you'd expect, the promotion of Marxism is on full display. Like this post, calling the Russian Federation a rogue nation while referring to the communist Chinese as peers. Or this one, which calls communist Cuba the most sustainably developed nation in the world. And this post of a man explaining Marxist ideologies to his cats. And this barely even scratches the surface. By far the most egregious and damning evidence that we found against Caritas and CIDSE came through what was actually broadcast during the 2021 World Social Forum. Now, I can't emphasize this point enough. Caritas Internationalis and CIDSE are on the International Council of the World Social Forum. They were instrumental in making sure that the International Council was more involved in guiding and directing what happens and what is promoted at the World Social Forum. Keep all of this in mind as we go over this. The World Social Forum officially sanctioned a three-hour panel discussion titled Revolutionary Feminisms for Other Possible and Necessary Worlds. This is the World Social Forum's webpage showing the flyer for the panel discussion, as well as a brief outline describing what it's all about. Here are a few key lines. 
The objective of the discussion panel is, quote, to denounce the impact of the perverse alliance between capitalism, patriarchy, and coloniality on women's bodies, and to evidence the strategies of feminist struggle and resistance. The reference to women's bodies is clearly a reference to abortion. So under that, they have sub-themes, and under the sub-themes are a list of points. Sub-theme 1 has to do with fighting capitalism and patriarchy. Sub-theme 4 says, quote, Sexual and reproductive rights, the right to decide about our own body, abortion as a strategic node of women's freedom. Sub-theme 6 actually suggests fighting against the Catholic teachings on human sexuality and abortion, saying, quote, Religious, political, and economic fundamentalisms from the state and from society, coercing women's freedom and democracy. And toward the bottom of the description of this panel discussion, it says that they will achieve their goals through, quote, sharing feminist and sexual diversity struggles that take place in our territories, in each continent and country, confronting racism, heteropatriarchy, male supremacy, religious, economic, and political fundamentalisms. In other words, they intend to promote sexual deviancy and tear down the traditional family. Now, there were several video presentations on the topic of feminism comprising about 17 and a half hours of material, so what I'm going to show you is just a small sample of what we found. In this video titled, Feminisms and Sexual Diversity, the speaker discusses how these feminists have pressured the International Council to give them promotional space over the years, and with the newly organized structure of the International Council, orchestrated by Caritas and CIDSE, they finally obtained a platform. We wanted to, from the outside, pressurize the World Social Forum to take up issues which are more relevant to us and to give us more space within. So the access and all the theoretical dialogues that went on in the International Council should take uh, up the issues which we thought were very important. And I think that that was the time when, you know, the, 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 the churning happened. You know, like, and what the, the space that gave us, so we had the WSF space and we had this outside space also. Hina spoke about abortion. They did not have the right to abortion. We had the right to abortion, but it was being used in a way that was not feminist. You know, a man had to sign for a woman getting an abortion. In Brazil, it was really strange. In Brazil, the representative of the peasant movement, for example, quite candidly said that it was not possible for their movement to take up the issues of abortion because of the influence of the church. Now, if we were having a paper and reading a paper, I don't think that would have happened. So the core idea of the intermovement dialogue was that as movement activists, we need to not only accept differences, diversity, and intersectionality, but also incorporate them within our movement strategies. What's clear from this video is that the promotion of abortion through these feminist presentations was permitted directly by the International Council, which of course includes Caritas and CIDSE. And with this promotion, one of the very first things that these feminists did 
was to hold a pagan ritual introducing five elements to invoke the Pachamama as a guide and protector of their feminist revolution. This ritual is steeped in occultism, including references to water as the blood of the earth and the use of a black candle common in witchcraft. This ritual. Gladys Campos, can you please do the water? Yes. Here I'm holding the vessel with water. This represents the blood of the earth. So water is also the blood that flows through our veins. Thank you, Gladys. Please, Valentina, with the seats. She's in Puno right now. Comrades, I have the seeds. This is the light that leads our way in order to promote our struggles. What would be of women without life? There wouldn't be colors in fruits, there wouldn't be flavors. We defend the Pachamama. This light it leads the way of all women in the world. It helps us make our demands visible as peasant and indigenous women. I have the fifth element. We call this a mystic, honoring uh, earth, light, seed. And the fifth element is organization. We're fighting against this patriarchy, which is sexist and male chauvinist, and we need to fight against it. One of the main requirements to defend is to defend the, the territory of our bodies. I really hope that this event will be a success with the blessing of the Pachamama and the strength of our feminist grandmothers and mothers. They used to tell them they were witches and they burnt them, but they actually defended our rights. First of all, thank you for the mystic from the Latin American and Caribbean culture and also from other peoples. We celebrate life by honoring all cardinal points. We need uh, fire, water, seed, organization, and the whole cosmovision in order to find ourselves. Many of the World Social Forum 2021 videos included invocations of the Pachamama. Can it really be a coincidence that the references to this pagan deity are being made by an organization whose governing body includes Vatican representation? The same Vatican that just a year before enthroned the Pachamama in the Vatican Gardens and on the very altar of St. Peter's Basilica? At 30 minutes into this panel discussion, one of the participants holds up a green kerchief to, quote, salute the decriminalization of abortion. And as a proposal, we talk about working with Pachamama. We need to celebrate March the 8th as a resurrection of women, a fight in the house, in the society, and the revolution of women. I think that this one, some of the uh, reflections I know, there were many others, but I would also like to talk to you about something that came from our fight, which is this... Uh, you can see these, the, the green wave that uh, made they had a, um, an important uh, victory to be able to defend life and to uh, defend choice. Leading into this feminist panel discussion, 
is a video that they produced celebrating homosexuality, the decriminalization of abortion, and Karl Marx while mocking the Catholic Church and the Church's teachings on life and human sexuality. Throughout the panel discussion, several of the speakers discussed so-called women's struggles to obtain a legal right to an abortion, but this one addressed her direct work in helping to decriminalize abortion in Argentina. I am part of the abortion campaign for a free, safe abortion in Argentina. And we work with more than 700 events, NGOs, cultural centers, feminist centers. We have been in the making for 15 years. It has to do with abortion, free abortion in Argentina. And in December in Argentina, after many, many meetings, plenary sessions, marches, movements in the streets, we've conquered free legal abortion. And as of Sunday, any person in our country has the possibility to voluntarily interrupt their pregnancy up to the 14th week of pregnancy. After this, one of the speakers outlined the plan to export decriminalization of abortion to other Catholic countries. This struggle has become a, has become a transborder struggle. More than 20 countries have participated. Feminist colleagues and comrades have participated in the marches, in the streets. And in 2018, this green handkerchief has become a symbol of this struggle. We have to pay attention. We have to be aware, we know, by the Uruguayans. The Italians said sometimes it's difficult to access the, and we are looking at Poland and Honduras that they have had backfires in the last weeks. We are looking at the comrades who have been arrested for boarding, for having an abortion here in Argentina. Today, we are demanding with this law 
that all the women who have gone to jail because of an abortion be free. So now I'd like to give a warm, warm regards that this free and legal abortion movement, I hope that it can be possible also in your countries and I will see you in the next forum. Still not proof enough of the malfeasance on the part of Caritas Internationalis and CIDSE? What about this activity, officially sanctioned and promoted by the World Social Forum? Its entire purpose was to train radicals in pushing for the legalization of abortion in their own countries. The bottom line is this. Caritas Internationalis and CIDSE are on the governing body of a communist organization that is actively venerating the Pachamama, is pushing acceptance of homosexuality and transgenderism, and is advocating for the decriminalization of abortion all over the world. And again, I gave a highly detailed report to the Vatican in 2014 on this material, and shortly thereafter, Cardinal Sara was moved out of Corunum. Not only has nothing been done to resolve this issue, but as you have seen, it is so much worse than it has ever been. We have many more details in the documented report accompanying this video, and I highly encourage you to examine it for yourself. What I just showed you is just the tip of the iceberg, but it's a perfect illustration of just how deeply serious the crisis in our beloved church truly is. Pray the rosary daily for our clergy, for the consecration of Russia, and most especially for the Pope. In the meantime, write to your bishop and tell him about this report. Explain to him that you absolutely refuse to give any money to any USCCB or Vatican collection until the Vatican's relationship with this demonic communist organization is completely severed and a formal apology is issued. Remember that what you just heard is a mere summary of the 4,500-word report. I urge all of you six-pack warriors to read this report in full, pass it along to all Catholics of goodwill you know, and write or call your bishop to tell him that you refuse to give his diocese another dime until he breaks with these organizations mentioned in this report and issues an apology to his flock. He probably won't even acknowledge your complaint, but you'll be officially off the hook to give him any more money for his criminal activities. Maybe you could even send him a few Catholic bogus bucks. You'll find links to the Lepanto Institute and this report in my show notes. Be sure and check them out. I strongly recommend that you sign up for Lepanto Institute's newsletter. Finally, later this month, I'll be interviewing Michael Hitchborn. As my production schedule stands now, I expect to release the episode with that interview on November 3rd. I think you'll find it interesting, to say the least. I recently asked those of you on my email list to take a survey to help me give you my best in this podcast. Unfortunately, only about 10% of you six-pack warriors are on my list. So now I need the rest of you to help me out by taking the survey. There's a link in my show notes to the survey. 
This survey is anonymous, and I don't know who's taking it. The final four questions will help me with the new Catholic Podcasting Network as well. Then you'll be given an opportunity to get on my email list, but you don't have to sign up. This will just help you to stay up to date with the things we're doing in this apostolate. So please take the survey now. It'll only be open until after the episode we have on October 13, the anniversary of the Miracle of Sun at Fatima. Just click on the link in my show notes. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Fox Business. Southwest Airlines claimed weather and air traffic control issues as the reasons for canceling more than 1,800 flights over the past weekend. No other airline had a similar number of cancellations. Some have speculated that pilots called in sick to protest the airline's vaccine mandate. The Southwest Airlines Pilots Association, which asked the courts Friday to stop the company's mandate, denied that pilots were engaged in any, quote, official or unofficial job actions, end quote. Let the fight begin! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Daily Wire. Dr. Anthony Fauci, that creep, chief medical advisor to the pretender, said, quote, not immediately, end quote, when asked about vaccine mandates for domestic air travel by CNN's Dana Bash. But he also said, quote, we have everything on the table, end quote, when discussing such a mandate for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Watch it, jerk! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to the blaze. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson condemned the decision by schools to teach explicit sexual content to young children. There is no reason anybody anywhere in America should be telling any child about transgenderism, homosexuality, or any of that filth, Robinson said at Asbury Baptist Church in Seagrove, North Carolina. In response to criticism, Robinson added, I am tired of folks on the right being demonized for our speech while folks on the left burn, beat, rob, loot, take over entire cities and get a pass. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to the Daily Wire. The Biden administration announced on Friday that it had canceled multiple border wall contracts on the U.S.-Mexico border. Rodney Scott, the former chief of the United States Border Patrol, criticized the move. There are stacks and stacks of border wall panels. There's hundreds of miles of fiber optic cabling. There's hundreds of cameras that were being installed with that, that are just sitting. There's no action being taken, he said. Despicable! 
You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi left Mass in Rome Saturday evening due to a security incident, stated Father Stephen Petroff, rector of St. Patrick's Church in Rome. Italian security officials made the decision to remove Pelosi and her husband from the church. Father Petroff added, She was going to do our second reading today, but of course her safety is most important. Just two weeks earlier, Pelosi voted to enshrine the right to abortion into federal law. Who do you think you are? You can read the whole story if you can stomach it by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. Of all Jesus' parables, only one tells the name of any character. The parable I'm talking about is the one we call Lazarus and Dives, or Lazarus and the Rich Man, in Luke. This is the story Jesus told of a beggar who was afflicted with horrible open sores. He lay outside the rich man's gate, wanting only to be fed from the waste that fell from the rich man's table, but the rich man ignored him. According to Jesus' story, Lazarus died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Due to the way the rich man had lived and his lack of charity, he was punished with a great burning. He asked Father Abraham to allow Lazarus to dip his finger into water and let just one drop fall onto his tongue. When his request was denied, the rich man asked that Lazarus be sent back to life to warn his brothers of what awaited them if they continued to live as they did. It's very likely this isn't a parable at all, but more likely it's a true story. We'll never know for certain in this life, but I fully intend to ask about it if I'm saved at the end of my own life. This story of Jesus names Lazarus, who is mentioned again in the 11th chapter of John. When Jesus heard that Lazarus, a brother of Mary and Martha, was sick and dying, he remained where he was for two days. As Jesus and his disciples left to go to Lazarus, he told them, Lazarus is dead, and I rejoice on your account that I was not there, that you may believe. But let us go to him. Jesus arrived to find Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard Jesus was approaching town, she went out to meet him and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. I know that he will rise at the resurrection on the last day. 
I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. He who believes in me, even if he die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Jesus ordered the tomb open, but it was protested that Lazarus had already been in there for four days, so the stench had to be horrible. Despite the protests, Jesus insisted the tomb be open. Then Jesus cried out, Lazarus, come forth. Immediately the dead Lazarus came from the tomb. Jesus raised up the dead Lazarus by reuniting his soul to his body. This is what we'll all experience at the end of time at the general judgment. The 11th article of the Creed states our belief that the bodies of all people, both good and evil, will rise from the dead at the end of the world and will be reunited to their souls for all eternity. It's natural to the human person to be a material body and a spiritual soul. The body participated with the soul in all the good and evil done in life, so it's only just that both the body and the soul should share in the eternal reward or punishment earned in this life. At the resurrection of the dead, you'll have the same body you had in this life. Assuming we're judged worthy of heaven, the only difference between our earthly body and our resurrected body is that the latter will be in its glorified state its intended original state before sin entered the world. That is, it'll be exceedingly beautiful and forever free from pain and death. We know that the Blessed Virgin Mary was at least 50 years old at the end of her earthly life, yet visionaries invariably describe her as youthful and exceedingly beautiful. If we're judged worthy of heaven, we'll be restored to our originally intended state with the qualities given Adam and Eve prior to original sin. There are four specific gifts we'll have in our glorified bodies, impassibility, brightness, agility, and subtility. Impassibility is the quality that means the risen body will never again suffer. Your resurrected body will never again know pain, suffering, or death. You won't even have any sort of inconvenience, such as being cold or hot. Brightness is the quality that makes our bodies shine like the sun. Jesus gave Peter, James, and John an introduction to this at his transfiguration. Jesus said the virtuous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father in Matthew 13:43. Agility is that quality of the glorified body that frees us from all material burden. We'll move about with a perfect ease and swiftness that depends only on an act of our will. Subtility is what Paul calls the spiritual body, but without ceasing to be material. The glorified body will be completely under control of the human spirit. On the other hand, if we're judged unworthy of heaven, then there will be no glorified body. We'll have the same body we had in this life, but without the ability to die. Our resurrected body and condemned soul will suffer every kind of torment for all eternity because in this life we chose to reject Christ and his church. 
Picking and choosing what to believe, what people call being a cafeteria Catholic, can only result in a resurrected body that will suffer forever. And the punishment earned for rejecting Christ and his church is in direct proportion to our guilt. Even atheists will suffer less than we because we have the fullness of Christ's truth in the Catholic Church but refuse to accept it, but they only have prideful doubt. So it behooves us to choose in favor of Jesus on every aspect of the faith of our fathers. In all of history, only two people have entered heaven with a glorified human body. The first is Jesus Christ when he ascended into heaven. The other, the Blessed Virgin Mary, is also living in heaven body and soul. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the Immaculate Virgin, preserved free from all stain of original sin, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory, and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things, so that she might be more fully conformed to her Son, the Lord of Lords, and conqueror of sin and death. The Assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a singular participation in her son's resurrection and an anticipation of the resurrection of other Christians. Christ's resurrection and the Blessed Virgin Mary's Assumption into heaven, body and soul, are our promise of heavenly bliss, if we're judged worthy of heaven. Discover why thousands of readers worldwide turn to the Wanderer newspaper for weekly perspective and analysis of the news and events that increasingly threaten our values and our way of life. Hello, my name is Joe Matt, publisher of America's oldest national Catholic weekly newspaper, The Wanderer. If you take your Catholic faith seriously and you are concerned about the direction of our country, the ever-encroaching hand of big government, the assault of the culture on the traditional family, and the threat of progressive leaders in our churches who embrace much of the current leftist culture rather than opposing it, you will find a home in the pages of The Wanderer. If you are tired of being force-fed the agenda-driven false narratives of the day by the godless dominant media and the political elite who preside within our government, our schools, and yes, in our Catholic churches, it is time for you to take a look at The Wanderer. Every week The Wanderer addresses these concerns, exposing the who, what, and the why with sound analysis and solutions to these problems that threaten the values we hold dear. Not only is the Wanderer a great source for the issues that affect our lives, but it is also a great tool to learn more about the treasures of our Catholic faith and how to defend it in this time of great moral decay. I am so confident you will like the Wanderer. For you six-packers out there, I have a special offer. For one dollar, that's one dollar, we are offering new subscribers the opportunity to receive one month's worth of issues. That's four weekly issues. Take the Wanderer for a test drive. After one month, it is nine dollars a month. You can cancel anytime you want. I hope you will take advantage of this limited offer today. Text the word NEWS to 830-331-5729 and I will send you a link to this offer or look for the link in Joe's show notes below. The Wanderer. For 154 years, unabashedly pro-life, independent, and conservative in its politics, and steadfast in its defense of Orthodox Catholicism. Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote.
This week's Catholic quote is from St. Anthony of Padua. He said, The life of the body is the soul. The life of the soul is God. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A monk had a dream in which he was taken by his guardian angel to a vast plain covered with many cities and men. On one side of the plain, a rushing spring came from a hillside and divided into seven clear streams. At the other side of the plain, another fountain rushed up from a dark cave and also spread out into seven streams. He watched the people who drank eagerly from the streams that came from the cave. The water was sweet to taste, but soon after drinking, these people were seized with violent pains and vomiting, and some even died. That's the cave of self-will, said the angel, and its seven poisonous streams are the seven capital sins. Now look across the plain to where the seven rivers of life come from the hill of Calvary. The seven rivers of life weren't so sweet to the taste, but they had great powers. The sick were being healed, the old were made young, and the dead were being brought back to life. The vision filled the monk with grief because so many souls were deceived by poisonous pleasures. The seven rivers coming from Calvary are the seven sacraments. The graces of these streams heal the wounds and sickness of your soul, make it pleasing to God, and even give new life, eternal life. Frequent the sacraments, especially confession. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.